Welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. My name's Matt, I'm hosting this session, and you'll be glad to hear we've got the full crew in for this one. So, to my left, I have Dave. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing fine. How's it going? I'm good. And Cameron, on my right, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm glad to be back. Uh, sorry for my absence last episode. <laughs> it's all right. The Monster Dear Monster train keeps going. <laughs> but no you can feel the excitement the three of us are back the three uh, three musketeers or three monster tears <laughs> no no we won't do that right okay <laughs> and <laughs> in this episode we'll be we'll have a werewolf theme we'll be um comparing two films in this episode it's the first of a two-parter okay so this first episode we'll be comparing the 2014 film Late Phases, and we'll be comparing that with the 1981 film An American Werewolf in London. Um, and the next episode will be focused on dog soldiers and other miscellaneous werewolf-related things, and finally your responses. Okay? So, Dave, Late Phases, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're taking a look at um, Late Phases. As uh, Matt said, it's, um, it's a recent film. It came out in 2014. Uh, this one is directed by um, Adrian Garcia Bogliano, and um, it has a it has a pretty stellar cast here. We got we got a, a cast list that's uh, been in the, the the genre industry, I guess, um, for well, a good thirty years, if not longer, and uh, pretty much all of the main cast has been in minimum three to four like pretty solid horror films. So uh, yeah couple of those i think we'll be able to take a look at later in a future episode <laughs> mm, definitely and the general plot of this film um we have a vietnam veteran who's been placed into a family retirement community it's a yeah I guess yeah it's retirement community well, yeah, yeah like it's his, retirement uh, community season, like yeah. his son and mm. he's he's uh blind it's mm-hmm. injuries he's sustained in the war and that got worse as, as time went on and yep. they come to find that this little peaceful retirement community might not be uh, all as it seems. Because <laughs> where, where would the film be if it didn't? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, he's a, he's a bit um, he's a bit fierce. This guy, isn't he? Ambrose McKinley. Good name, solid name. Um, yeah, he's he's quite. He, he definitely comes across as a vet, doesn't he? The a, gr- a grumpy vet, doesn't he? You know, he's like he's seen a lot, and, and no, no, no pun intended on that either. He's, you know, he feels like he's, he has <laughs> he has seen a lot, and uh, and obviously it comes across in his character with with the sort of odd relationship or fractured relationship he has with his son um, and his daughter in law. I presume that woman that we see later is his daughter in law. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, like Dave said, he's, he's brought there sort of against his will, really. Clearly, he's not the sort of guy that likes to be in a retirement community. He's quite an in- independent guy. And he, he's, you, know, you see the uh, the sort of uh, issues he has with, you know, being home there, which which is probably, I would imagine, for a lot of uh, 
parents of that age, so he's not he's not by himself. But um, I mean, with um, the actor actually for that plays Ambrose McKinley, because I'm not really familiar with him myself. I'm what what sort of what other big things has he been in that you know of? That have you guys have you guys watched him in anything else? Yeah, I've seen um, two of the films that I, I put down um, as okay. his. Uh, is part of his related filmography. So this is um, Nick Dimitri, and he mm. stars in the stellar uh, Stakeland uh, and the most recently released Part 2, which came out this year. Uh, he was also in Dark Was the Night, um, which is another good creature feature, uh, which maybe we'll take a look at down the road. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I personally, this is uh, his first film that I've seen, and mm-hmm. I really liked what he did with this film. I thought he um, played it pretty well. He made a yeah. good character. Um, and he played blind well, which doesn't sound like it'd be too hard to do, but mm. <laughs> uh, no, he does a very good job of not looking directly at people, you know, sort of just yeah. facing their general direction, never blinking as well, which was pretty impressive. Like he must've gotten dry out on some of those longer shots. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, you're right, Cameron. He does, he does it really well. He, he comes across as that sort of passive aggressive sort of character he, he plays the role really well actually He's, you can tell that they said to him beforehand just be grumpy grumpy vet <laughs> you're blind go with it you know and he but he does it very he does it very well and like i said I, I don't think actually straight away he comes across as uh obviously being blind i i, I mean maybe i wasn't paying attention for the first few minutes of the film but he, he didn't you know it, he, it shows he sort of didn't play you know how well he played it actually he didn't come, come across as an obvious blind character until i sort of you know noticed um and one of the i think fantastic parts of him is the thing he uses instead of a cane in the uh, mm. in this film mm. I th- he for anyone that's not watched it he basically uses a shovel as his walking stick effectively which i think is fantastic choice i mean to be fair i think that's what if i was in that situation i'd rather use a uh a shovel rather than the, the standard stick so no that is great to be fair mm. um yeah so yeah so he, he gets he gets put into the community and he meets you know a couple of local women um, you know, who come across, you know, the sort of type that would bake him a cake and and mm. such like. And he comes across as very, again, aggressive towards them. Not, you know, he's not mm. that sort of person really, um, which obviously puts him off. Mm. And then he eventually meets uh, Dolores, his neighbour, which he, he obviously warms a bit too more to. He doesn't have, you know, she's yeah. not the, the same sort of busybody that the, <laughs> the other women oh. have. Okay, He's very suave as well. Oh yeah, he's, he really he, you know, he really he puts knows. the moves on. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Our, our Ambrose here, he knows. You know, he's not just a you know a potential werewolf killer. He's a, <laughs> he, he's a he's a charmer as well. Um, but yeah, he has you know he has uh, some interaction with Dolores at this point, who unfortunately is not going to last around for much longer. Because <laughs> um, this is where we you know effectively see this the first part regarding the the where the future werewolf that we'll see later in the film what was your guys take on this i'll save mine but <laughs> for a second what would you what do you think this first scene involving the werewolf dave uh no i i thought that this really set a tone for the film i mean it doesn't come out of nowhere the film sort of um foreshadows at least something's wrong um but this is the first real glimpse we get of that and, it's, and that's mostly what it is it's a glimpse um we don't get uh, a full 
picture of this werewolf, um, as far as I can recall, which works no, really we well. I mean, it's, it it, it mm. casts the viewer puts us in the shoes of our um, our, our blind veteran. We're we're kind of getting partial glimpses. Um, it's more uh, audio. You no, know, we're, we're getting a lot of sound um, of the werewolf attack versus you know like a full body shot and seeing like yeah. this is the beast of the, that we're going to see in the movie um it, it gives it a little bit more of a slow burn you know we know we know pretty much going into this what's what it's going to be it's not a surprise we're not going oh, oh it's a werewolf i just wasn't expecting <laughs> well, <that."> <laughs> faces. but yeah. uh, no i i really enjoyed it and um one last little bit on uh our our lead here um mr Demichi. uh they aged him up maybe about 20 hmm. years um, yeah, for yeah. This film. Okay. and I, I, the makeup job is pretty well done. He's, I think, he's in his late fifties, actually. Um, oh, and, you okay. know, you, you could have thought maybe he was older. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I definitely thought he was. Yeah, yeah, because he, he looks in good shape, which which obviously plays the part because obviously he's a a veteran, you know, who would likely keep themselves in shape and and such like. So yeah, I think that was that was quite uh, a good choice. Actually, going back to the the title late phases actually in I struggled actually to find it initially here in the UK because it's actually got a different a slightly different title over here. It's actually called Night of the Wolf and then colon oh. late phases. Um so it, like I said it took me a while to actually find it. So because when we were talking about what films we were going to cover for this and we were saying late phases, it, to me that didn't really come across as a as a werewolf film. So when I found it on which ultimately was on Netflix over here, is actually called Night of the Wolf, which I think it's actually only in a few countries. I think it's a, it's a, over here in the UK, somewhere like Sweden, etc. They have that title, something similar on those lines. But in America and and, and other you know countries, it's just late phases. So that's just a little little fact for you. Um, I mean, my uh, actually I'll, before I go on to myself, yeah. Cameron, what's your what's your take on the werewolf <laughs> uh, on the on these sort of early scenes with it? Yeah, um, the, the Dolores. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you okay over there? Yeah, I'm fine. Dolores, are you, <laughs> Carry on. Dolores, are you okay? Dolores. <laughs> Get up. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Um, I, I really liked this sort of initial wealth attack scene. I mean, um, it, it really does get things going right from the start of the movie. You know, you have like 10 minutes or so of him sort of moving in, getting getting to meet a couple of people, and then cut to like it's late at night you know something's up because otherwise they wouldn't be showing you this scene and you know you sort of get hints as uh dolores is sort of calling her daughter and saying oh when are we going to meet up and it's like i thought we were meeting this weekend and then the daughter's trying to brush her off and say no no we can't do that etc um, but in the background you can sort of just hear uh the start of like the heavier breathing you can see it sort of in the background windows going back and forth a bit and then the actual attack is actually pretty interesting because, yeah, like uh, Dave said, you never see the see the werewolf full shot. You get a lot of you get a lot of shots, sort of just focusing in on Dolores, who um actually she puts up a fight with her uh, walking frame, which <laughs> good for her. Uh, <laughs> did yeah. work out. Good effort. Good, for her. good effort. Good effort, Dolores. Um, and then uh, a large part of it is sort of just Ambrose sort of banging on the connecting wall between their houses, trying to get her to respond, and then. He gets thrown back as the uh, the whale sort of hits the wall really hard and then obviously comes and attacks him. And that's the bit I really like is where he's crawling for the gun and you just see the shadow of um, huh, shadow his dog 
trying to fight off the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sort of a really adds to tension, but also you're not seeing anything clearly. You're just getting these snippets of dog noises, sort of some blurred shadows, and it really puts you in that mindset of not being able to see what's going on. Yeah. 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 No, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's it's quite a powerful scene. I mean, I'm I'm a bit conflicted on the werewolf in this film, if I'm being honest. I'll, I'll touch up more on that when we cover it later in the film. Um, but I think it's, it is a powerful scene because it's quite early on in the film that you see this, you know, quite a brutal attack, um, both on killing Dolores, ultimately mortally wounding Shadow, uh, which is um, Ambrose's dog. Um, so it, it, you know, it is, it is quite a brutal scene. Um, I think that... It, it was deliberately done to obviously impact the fact that, you know, you've just met Dolores. She's obviously a nice character. He's obviously, you know, taking a shine to her compared to a few of the other people and women in the community and bang, she's gone. Um, and, you know, and it's quite, and it's, and it shows obviously what, poten- how potentially gory the film's going to be as well. There's some quite, you know, with the, you know, there is this literally scene on the floor where she's on the floor, literally her guts are just piled out of her, um, it's, you know, it is very brutal and, you know, and then obviously you feel sorry for, uh, shadow his dog. Um, mm. also it, I think it comes across as well, quite frightening for, even for Ambrose as well, because not just the fact it's a werewolf attack, but the fact he doesn't really know his surroundings at this point. He's only literally just mm. turned up mm. there, which obviously for anyone is very crucial, but especially someone that's blind, it's, you know, that's even going to be, that's going to be personified even more. Um, so, you know, you can tell he comes across as quite helpless, uh, you know, in, in that side of things. And then there's this, you know, sort of tragic moment where he effectively puts shadow down by, you know, by shooting him because like I said earlier, he's been mortally wounded and you see this horrible um, mm. slash mark on the side of him. Um, actually, there was that bit earlier, just sort of going back a bit, when when he first arrives in, in the retirement community, there's, there's scratches on the wall, isn't there, that he, yeah, sort of, yeah. that he first notices within, and he finds a little bit of a piece of a of the end of one of the werewolf's claws in it, which obviously, you know, sort of sets the scene. But um, but no, it is, like I said, it is a very powerful scene. You see, you know, sort of glimpses of the of the werewolf, and, but it's, it's, and then that's when you, you start hearing about the full moon references and, and, and such like at this point. Now, this part I found a bit odd with the, the full moon side of things. Obviously, that's a traditional werewolf um, aspect. I suppose mm. my sort of thing that I was a, not sure on this one is Ambrose starts repeating to himself, you know, right, you know, full, you know, next full moon, such like he's obviously clicked that it is a werewolf that's caused this. Now, my sort of biggest issue with this is I don't understand how he came to that conclusion, but I don't mm. know what he based it on. I mean, I know obviously it's part of the film, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm aware of that. I just, I'm, I'm just, I, I suppose from a, a story point of view and put, trying to put, a, you know, in quote marks, realism in this, I'm just surprised how he, he had this attack and thought, I know werewolf, um, you know, and he's then thinking about full moons. He's then thinking later about silver bullets, etc. I don't know what, you know, I don't know if that's just me, but I just thought that was a bit of an odd thing to do. You know, how they sort of just straight away put it into, you know, again, considering he's blind, that, you know, that, that if obviously he'd seen it, then it would be a bit different. But I don't know if I said what your, what you guys take on that. I think that um, they, they gave us and, you know, accordingly they gave Ambrose um, these pieces. So, you know, he see, finds the claw marks. He can feel that that's, not you know that's high up on the wall 
Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's body, that's mm-hmm. shoulder, that's kind of hand height for a person. And, you know, he specifically asks um, Dolores, you know, what what is this? You know, he can feel that it's a claw or something, mm. but he can't see it. So she yeah. confirms, yeah, that looks like it's a claw from something. The moon thing comes afterward, you know. Like, yeah. I think mm. it was just remarked that, oh, it was a full moon. So yeah, he goes, well, there's a, a hand height thing. He can hear, um, you know, when the when the wolf is attacking um, Shadow or you know, vice versa. Yeah. Um, he he keys really hard on the breathing um, of the, of the yeah, wolf. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's very it's got specific. This... Yeah. Mm. It's got a kind of and that's a big thing through. Yeah, the, yeah, that's the big thing through the film is you listen to different characters breathing, and they've all got wheezes for different reasons, and yeah. seems yeah. getting more, yeah, more a little suspicious. bit of red herring yeah. kind of territory. Um, so w- when it's attacking mm. him, I mean, despite the fact that I think he's kind of backed up against the wall, he's kind of on the floor, or I, I think because of that, mm. when he's hearing it breathe, it's not going to be at like dog level. Yeah, it sounds high up. A bit above you. Yeah, like it's it's fairly yeah, tall. Yeah. So yeah, I just think that those little pieces together are the are the bits of the puzzle that the viewer is meant to go. Okay, you know, he didn't just um, he didn't just leap to it. Oh, it's a werewolf. You know, there was little things that, yeah. that lead to that. Yeah. But you have to have put those together. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm. It, it could be a little bit of leap um, there, but they, yeah. they gave us the pieces at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'm not. I'm not. Talk actively criticizing it. I just think that I, I just felt it was a bit of a long connection. I, I you, all your points you said are completely valid. I, I completely agree with you. I just thought it was a bit. Maybe I'm doing Ambrose a disservice. Maybe you know, maybe he, he would come to this conclusion. You know, quite clearly something was not uh, you know right. Obviously, it wasn't yeah. a dog, or you know, there was something more to it. So yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, no, I, yeah. I get that. That's that makes sense. And then the sort of next bit is him effectively becoming a bit of a detective at this point isn't he really sort of he starts Mm. suspecting the you know and this is where new characters in the community uh get introduced there's this scene shortly after which i i I know it sounds wrong but i find it hilarious with the um i can't remember the 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 i think her name's yeah it's gloria one of the one of the busybody women he goes and visits her and finds that her husband is contained in a an iron lung uh, machine mm. which i think is to do with is that polio isn't it i think, I think uh, that's a... it's you it's usually an old treatment for polio yeah uh, yeah yeah so he's in that machine and and obviously due to uh, not being able to see he accidentally turns off or look, look you know disconnects the machine which obviously then she suspects he's trying to kill her husband i think it's it's just it's just a bit of a comedy it's a bit of an odd scene it's a bit, it feels like it's some yeah. sort of comedy scene really i mean i don't i think it sort of was supposed to be uh, i don't i don't know but it's it's this sort of i just felt that her as a character she sort of completely turned on him i know you could say well she almost killed her husband by turning off that machine but obviously clearly i well i don't think he was doing it deliberately <laughs> but you know maybe you know i, I don't know it's just it was more an accident really and so yeah you have that little i thought that was a bit of a funny scene to be fair yeah um, yeah um i mean yeah, no, I, I can see, yeah, I can see it's sort of funny once you get that realization of, oh, God, he nearly killed the yeah. old man and everything. But it's actually a little sort of tense leading up to that because, like, he gets to a house because he gets his mailman to lead him a- along a blood trail. 
Yes. Which ends in front of her house. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, he yeah. goes to the house and she's like, oh, would you like some, I think it was some tea or something. And he's like, yes, that'd be nice. And then he just hears in the background that same sort of wheezing, wheezing. heavy yeah. breath and sort of follows his ears. And, you know, you get this moment of, is he just going to round the corner? There's the werewolf in the bed recovering <laughs> from the night or something. But no, no, it's just this old guy in an iron lung. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was a, an interesting scene. I mean, then that's where... Following on from that, he he gets some sort of, he gets involved in the church uh, side of things, which I think from memory uh, is because the, the he had a leaflet from you mm. know advertising the sort of bus service, which I think the the uh, the police officers read for him to sort of tell him you know it's something that he could do, which he makes a point he's not, he's not religious, etc., and wouldn't be interested. Mm. But obviously, he knows that he needs to look into this uh, werewolf situation a bit further, and that's where we he um, meets sort. of, well, the, the two sort of quite prominent characters, which is Father Roger Smith and uh, James Griffin. Um, Dave, what was your take on uh, James Griffin? <laughs> um, I mean, right off the bat, this guy just was suspicious. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> didn't, um, I don't know. Uh, I think throughout the film, you know, this idea of red, the red herring and kind of dealing with the breathing they they put their cards on the table pretty quick. This movie as a whole moves really fast. Um, yeah, it doesn't like yes. hold any cards close to its chest. It's just like here's nope. the stuff, guys. You know we're gonna <laughs> kind of run with it. Um, <laughs> what I did find was with um, James Griffin. I was the whole movie. I'm going. This guy's familiar. He's very familiar looking, but I can't mm-hmm. place him. And yeah. uh, you know, eventually I you know we went, went to his IMDb, and to my surprise, oh look, it's it's Alex from the Last Starfighter, and he aged horribly. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my really? god. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, like, I think his face yeah. familiar, but now he's kind of tubby, balding. You know, yeah, he got older. <laughs> that happens, but it just completely yeah, surprised yeah. me. And then also, what surprised me was he really didn't do anything after Last Starfighter. He was kind of absent, and we find that we think with mm. a lot of the, a lot of these um, actors, uh, they're they're either character actors or they're or they're genre performers, and their their heyday was the eighties. Mm. Then they're kind of yeah. not in yeah, action for a while, and then they're. The directors went and sought out, you know, maybe maybe these are like his favorite actors as a you know a younger guy or a kid, <laughs> and he just brought them all together. That's what it looked like, and um, I think it works for the film. Mm. Um, it's it, it kind of makes it uh, it gives it that sort of cult classic feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. If you if you look at he's he's been in Halloween too, and George it's definitely that sort of theme going on there. But he he, he plays the, the role very well, actually, because he, he's sort of a character where he comes across as dodgy and sweaty. <laughs> when I saw him, mm-hmm. I thought, this this guy just looks like, if I, I can't obviously see it, but I imagine this guy would be sweating profusely. <laughs> he just looks like that sort of, <laughs> you know, a bit creepy. Because um, he's the, the, for people that haven't seen the film, he, he's, he runs or organises the, the shuttle bus to go to the church. And um, there's a scene where him and uh, uh, Father Roger are basically mm-hmm. you know, introducing themselves to him. And, you know, he, he doesn't really want to know. And, you know, he, again, reiterates that he's not religious, et cetera, and, uh, and such like. And then he, go, he goes to service, which ends up being devoted to him as a, you know, as a, as a Vietnam vet. Um, and then he, you know, through the, the bus trip and afterwards, uh, Ambrose realizes that the, the father has a smoking habit 
um, which obviously, you know, gives him a bit of uh, suspicion. Again, going back to the wheezing uh, side of things, uh, you know, shares a, a cigarette with him as well. Um, he make, doesn't he at this point make a comment about sort of wanting to potentially end it at some point? To yeah, Nevada. yeah, sort of, you know, it's, it's quite morbid <laughs> conversation. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a theme that the, the movie deals with. This, the movie's a werewolf movie, but that's not what it's about. Yeah, um, mm, I, I didn't yeah. really feel like digging into that too much, but um, no, I mean, the movie's <laughs> about loss, um, departure, yes. uh, aging. Mm. I mean, that's that's literally like the themes that are embedded in all of these characters and how Absolutely, they're yeah. dealing with just mortality. We get this um, this heavy heavy talk between um, our uh, Ambrose and um, the uh, the father. I think I think it's the second uh, meeting that they have where he mm, talks about yeah. potential suicide. Well. Uh, it's more that he understands or he feels that his death is close versus actually yeah, wanting to yeah. commit suicide. That's just sort of um, yeah. the father yeah, just picks yeah. up or on that. Or I guess yeah, he leads into that um, versus yeah, I, I agree. Uh, what's yeah. what Ambrose actually is meaning. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because like I said, I think he he interprets it as potential suicide. But like I said, it's more like you said. He he, he realizes his days are not are quite numbered at this point with everything that's going yeah. uh, around him. So yeah, there's it's um, yeah, it's, it's quite a you know it's quite a sad little scene actually because I think throughout the film with Ambrose, you you know he he does at the start he does come across as like I said aggressive and but you can you, you do feel sorry for him throughout the film or at least i did anyway you can tell oh yeah. you know it's quite you know for someone that's you know like i said done and seen all the things that i'm sure he you know his character would have done um you know it's quite a sad existence isn't it which you know which you know for a lot of people those sort of retirement communities are which not necessarily they should be but you know it's like for for someone like him it's not obviously how he saw his life uh, sort of, you know, ending or, you know, the latter stages, especially, you know, coping with, you know, being blind as well on top of it. So, yeah, it's it's quite a sad little scene. But um, so, yeah, there's, and then there's a few other little scenes now where you, you, he goes to um, a gun shop, which is actually, I think, off the back of the uh, tombstone or the gentleman that owns the tombstone um, store, if that's such a thing. <laughs> um, I don't know what they referred to. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, you know, so he, he, he sorts a, a tombstone out, which um, is for, it's for Shadow, isn't it? It's for his dog, from memory. Is that right? Or um, I... Sort of. Yeah, it's for well, himself. I think well, yeah. The initial yeah. why yeah. he's there. Um, yeah. Mm. But what he uses I... it for is, yes, he's, he's to bury his dead dog, much to everyone yeah. else's um dismay yeah yeah he actually takes the dog with him <laughs> after it's been after he puts it down earlier which is obviously mm. like i said it is quite horrific uh for <laughs> the nearby people um so yeah the so the the tombstone uh seller basically gives him a contact to someone that uh that owns a gun shop ambrose goes there and I quite like the uh, the owner of the gun shop because he's quite excitable because he um, Ambrose <laughs> throws you know a, uh, an idea of can you know can you make silver bullets and you, you can see there's that little glint in his eye like like he's been wanting to do this <laughs> for a while <laughs> <laughs> and you know so puts in an order for you know for ammunition because obviously mm. you can see which way it's going to be going um, and then you. You know, again, there's this bit where you, you see more breakdown between Ambrose and his uh, his son and, and daughter-in-law, where they he basically 
doesn't want to know know his father anymore it's you know too stressful a situation which you could see happening you know it was it, it's starting to head that way um and then we're at this point we're starting to get into the probably the latter stages of the film because like you said it, it, you know, the pace of this film is quite um quite fast i think it's only about an hour and a half long anyway so it's you know it's a yeah. relatively uh short film um and then this is the point where the we you know we start understanding who is the werewolf in this um you know for mm. people that are guessing <laughs> at this point who is it <laughs> um you know effectively it's it, it does turn to be out to be um to be james griffin the sweaty dodgy <laughs> man that you thought he was good um i mean did you at this point did you guys sort of you know cameron did you sort of see mm. at this point this it was going to be him you know did you think uh... Honestly, they sort of um, put me off the scent, as it were, with that one. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. Um, he 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 did sort of come off as sort of dodgy and sweaty, like you said early in the film. But I thought because immediately after that, it's shown that he's uh, quite popular with the older ladies of the retirement community, <laughs> and I thought that was what that was about. Yeah, um, yeah. He's Good point. He, you know he's one of those guys who likes older women. I'm like, fair enough. If you want to live in the retirement community, do that you do you and it's like that's just an odd character (laughs) and then you know later on later on he's driving ambrose home and he has an asthma attack and you hear his wheezing and heavy heavy wheezing and it sounds exactly like the wealth and i went oh it is him okay (laughs) he's not just some weirdo (laughs) yeah he's um i mean this is where we now start seeing sort of how he you know, how the transformation happens, how, because basically he effectively goes on a bit of a biting run, doesn't he effectively? In, mm. While he's still in human form, he, he he basically goes around to see all his uh, favorite women of the congregation uh, mm. and starts, um, starts biting them. Um, well, there's actually one scene where he's actually in one of, in the house of one of the older couples, isn't he? Where they're they're in yeah. bed, realise there's a sound, and he's there in in the uh, in their lounge and starts to mm. pray with them. Which obviously the 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 guy of the couple is a bit dubious <laughs> about. The <laughs> <laughs> one with the uh, the one with the eye patch, yeah, and, um, yeah. which which appears later, uh, shortly mm. after this, um, and he basically uh, bites them. He starts biting them on the wrists, etc. And and this is sort of where we sort of learn throughout this sort of part where if if i think well this is how i i interpreted that if unless he kills them outright they will turn mm. into werewolves so by biting and you know leaving the the victim to sort of you know with just the bite and not actually kill them outright they turn into werewolves is that that's how i interpreted it anyway yeah that's what this looks like and um i'll say that i think that this um this idea um, and then how it's carried out. It's probably my favorite thing of the film, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe out of a lot of other werewolf films. Uh, the, the our our main antagonist senses, or you know, he sees outright and makes some conjectures mm. that Ambrose is coming after him. I mean, he sees like the bag from that yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the gun shop, and um, yeah. he this biting spree is <laughs> literally a means of like protecting himself. He's like, well, I'm yeah. gonna be killed, mm. or I could just go create a bunch of more werewolves and werewolves, have like a yeah. Pack <laughs> yeah. Me. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think we've seen this happen before. Not, not at least for this um, purpose. Mm-hmm. 
You know? yeah. It's more vampire-like, isn't it, really? This uh, whole biting yeah. and transforming people. It's definitely a vampire sort of theme to it. It's, um, it's Again, it's quite gory as well. You know, this is where they, they you know, the actual bites when he's sort of, you know, tearing his teeth mm. back from Because, again, remember, he, at this point, he is still in human form as he's doing it. So it, it looks like a very brutal, cannibalistic, you know, scene every time he's doing it to these, you know, these poor, innocent uh, old dears in, in the situation. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he like like Dave said, he's, he's basically creating a little mini werewolf army for himself at this point, too, because obviously yeah. he knows that that uh, he, he, you know he's being suspected at this point um and then that's where he, he confesses to the to uh to father smith you know to basically say i'm yeah i'm i'm a werewolf um and then he start that's when you actually first seen the transformation um which again is quite horrific i mean obviously in most films these these scenes are quite horrific you, you know it's one where he sort of is, you get the where he's is fingers extend etc and mm. and it's almost, it's almost like it's breaking out of his body isn't it effectively like well, he's yeah, shedding he skin off of his pulls off his own skin it's coming mm. like yeah. from within yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. that's mm, that's a detail i really really love because some of the <laughs> older werewolf no seriously some of the older werewolf mythology <laughs> is if you want to find out if someone's a werewolf you cut the skin on the palm of their hand and you'll see the fur underneath underneath well, yeah the idea is that a werewolf just wears a skin suit when they're in human form mm-hmm it's it's sort of an older like 1500 1600s thing oh, but it was it i always love it when um well stuff does that well, a few other things do it like that but it was nice to see a more recent version yeah and it definitely has a lot of impact as well from a cinematic point of view as well just actually seeing him literally ripping you know that this mm. that his human form is just a you know just a, a, a skin, isn't it? Just a like you yeah. see with you know snakes and such like. You just, just sort of tossing it aside, and it's you know it's quite a brutal transformation. And that's when you you know you actually see the you know the where the full werewolf form. Um, I must admit, and again, this is where I'm going to be start. I'm going to start <laughs> being negative at this point. I thought the werewolf form in this film lets it down. If I'm being honest, I think the form and the actual aesthetics of it was quite poor i i i know it literally is but i did feel it come across as a guy in a costume and i i thought it was a real shame i you know again i know that's obviously for a lot of people that's quite a um you know a plus point but for me i think it i think the actual like the actual features of you know the facial features the actual just yeah just the the actual costume that you know designed for the werewolf was was uh, just not something I like, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to sort of put my finger on it why why I dislike it, but I just I felt it it, it was just a it was a bit of a letdown to be honest compared to um, other films. I mean, I, I what I did compare it to actually when I was sort of looking around and sort of thinking, what can I? What's this reminding me of? There's um, have you you guys have you you no doubt watched Master of the Universe? You know the 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 real yeah, yeah. man movie you know real life uh real life um it, there's a there's one of skeletor's henchmen which Beastman. i can't no not beastman i think it's really Karg or um i i should have researched this there's one of his henchmen he's got he's got like a, he's he's got a face that looks like a scrotum and he's got a big <laughs> and he's got a big mane of sort of hair quite tall it, again he only appears in the masters universe movie um um, oh, okay. I said yeah, I don't, I don't know the name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you probably, yeah. if you like, so if you I research it, yeah, it, it reminds me of that. And I, I, don't, I just don't think 
he mm. the cat it looks like a werewolf i know you know apart from just being overly hairy i just thought the design was just yeah just a, mm. could have been a bit better again what do you what do you guys think am i i could be alone on this one to be fair <laughs> <laughs> i'll let you go cameron uh oh okay um I'm I'm kind of in two minds about it. Like um uh if I if I think about it just from a straight viewpoint of design, they look kind of almost bug like. Like the faces have these really big bulbous eyes and there's yeah. you know quite short squat faces. And I kind of like just how different it is to the traditional, you know, long snout, sleek gold eyes kind of yeah. smooth yeah. looking well for the modern day. And I also kind of like the suit look. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the original Wolfman design, though. So, uh, you know, guy covered in hair with some fangs and a little bit of makeup usually does it for me. Um, <laughs> I didn't come Cameron's out right. Tr- Cameron's real truth are coming out now. <laughs> there's a re- oh, there's there's a reason I requested this episode to be done. Um, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of, I kind of like it as a more unique design, but at the same time, it does just kind of look a little silly. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, how about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, um, I like the transformation. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't mind the body. The body's fine. It's the face. Um, I'm yeah. firmly mm-hmm. in the werewolf should have a muzzle camp yeah this guy is i mean they got their face kind of squashed in um as you said and (laughs) um yeah that was disappointing um i do i remember thinking that the first time and this time around didn't um didn't change my mind uh (laughs) i no i like it's the head is fine it's like the the ears the little tufts of death yeah perfectly Mm. fine why did you mash their face? You know, <laughs> squash it flat. Um, it looks it like humorous. a random. That's what wall. happened. You look at it and it's yeah. funny. And I didn't mm. want it to be yeah. funny. Um, yeah. No, you wanted it to be scary. Yeah. I wanted it to be scary. Yeah. And it was uh, all the other shots leading up to, you know, the reveal or, you know, when you see them, um, really it's the group of them kind of like waiting outside. Mm. When we get to that. Yeah. That you, you get a better look at their faces because they're just standing yeah. there. And that's always a mistake in any kind of. Creature yeah. features don't <laughs> take the yeah. horror away, don't, doesn't it? To a degree, you know, full frame the monster and sit there and look at it. Um, because yeah. the more you sit there and look at it, it's a dude in a suit. Yeah, um, yeah, or it if, really you're lucky, is. if you're lucky, it's a dude in a suit, or if you're not lucky, it's the travesty that was American Werewolf in Paris, where it's a computer. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so Oof. yeah, I, I thought that they, they, I don't know, um. I probably would have liked to hear some commentary on this. And I do remember like some mm-hmm. glory articles um, when this came out. I mean, everyone was heaping praises on this film and I, the movie itself. Great werewolves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it, like I said, to me, it just leaves the film a bit conflicted because there's some really mm. strong aspects of this film. And I suppose if you, I, you know, if you look at it from the perspective that the, the, the things you said earlier, like about, you know, the significance of loss and, and, and those sort of things, that's the strong point. But I just think the werewolf aspect is just a little, you know, is a bit conflicted. Like I said, the, the way that James Griffin changes him into werewolves is great. That's a fantastic, but the, the actual mm-hmm. design of the werewolf, which let's be honest, is a quite a crucial aspect of, 
these sort of films because it is the, the you know arguably the selling point mm-hmm. i think just slightly lets it down it's you know it's just like oh what a shame <laughs> you know it's not i mean it doesn't it doesn't make it you know it doesn't completely uh make the film terrible it's just a bit like oh shame they could have really just done a you know done something even if it was even if it did look similar to the sort of traditional werewolf um that you see you know sort of looks you see in yeah. other media you know if they'd gone for, if they'd played it safe then it'd probably have been okay it would have it would have it's lot to me it's lost it a point or two for 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 that side of things so mm. so now we get you know now as we were sort of alluding to with the the group of them we're now sort of getting to the climax of the film at this point um uh where Ambrose knows he's you know he's he's on he's this fighting time this you know this this uh month of training you know between the, the full moons he's you know we had a little montage of, you know he's <laughs> he's uh, he's doing um i suppose what would it be it'd be almost like a a tai chi form of um we're using a uh, a shovel isn't it he's yeah, in the, he's yeah. in, the, in, the, in the, his garden uh doing that side of things you know getting himself ready and he put you know he, he, at this point he dons his um military uniform which i thought was a really good good thing to do you know he, he could have come across well personally it could have come across as cheesy but i felt it was a good you know it was a good choice actually because obviously in it's a way you know he can see he's, he's gonna see his way out and or not sorry not see his way out of this situation he, he calls his son to you know effectively make up up with him leaves him a voicemail um and then it's it's sort of fight time um and this is the bit where he, he effectively uses a uh, hearing aid doesn't he to to help with this and and gets his silver bullets uh, i think was he's got a rifle and a, and a shotgun isn't he i think that was his yeah his yeah. uh and a revolver that's it um to uh to take on the werewolves um he he basically start using he uses the hearing aid to effectively you know uh, find, you know find out where they are you know from a proximity point of view and he he, he starts sniping them because they're sort of collected uh outside um you can see actually that one of them as i said earlier regarding the eye patch you can see that that what the one of the eyes is bust isn't it on the on yeah. the one of yeah. the werewolves which obviously was the husband of that that got bitten earlier in the film um it's it's again this action this sort of set of action scenes i'm still a bit conflicted on and i'll ask Mm. you guys what you think that again going back to the guy in the suit part of things there's this scene in in one of the houses where he gets attacked by one of the werewolves um where it sneaks well there's a there's seconds before he gets attacked attacked it sneaks from one wall to the other and it's done very, very poorly as well. It's almost like he, he he's literally a guy in a suit just going, do, 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 just going across, and then, <laughs> and then it grabs him from behind. And at this point, Ambrose decides to flip flip the werewolf over his shoulder. And I must admit, I cringed at this point because it is literally, you could see the guy in the suit just being flung over, like it was a stuntman being flung over. And I just thought... Oh, that could be done a bit better. <laughs> it's, you know, again, he doesn't. I don't think it necessarily takes it away from the film. But I was like, oh, oh no, don't make it the kind of suit you really. But I think at this point they couldn't really do anything different because, like you said earlier, that it it's they've been exposed, haven't they? You've seen them as a collective where the camera's been on them for quite a while, so you can you know you can form your own opinions. Um, I mean, what do you guys think on this, uh, Dave? You first, man. Yeah. Um... I agree. It was a little bit kind of goofy. Uh, the one thing that I kind of kept a suspension of um, disbelief um, 
in, in when I'm you know kind of viewing these werewolves because if you if you look at it um, as if they were pretty old people turned into werewolves, I think that's the only <laughs> reason he's like dealing with this the way he's able to is because they're not yeah. young spry uh, top of their game you know empowered wolves. They I think them turning into werewolves made them like the strength of maybe an average adult that doesn't have osteoporosis. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Yeah. But he's dealing with them that way. And he's again, much more fit than any of these other people um, in the community. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think that that may be carried over and, uh, you know, that's, that's me reading into the film and, you know, maybe uh, prescribing attributes that these werewolves don't have. We don't get um, a whole lot of lore, uh, for these werewolves, and I guess since uh, this is monster dear monster, um, you know, discussing a little bit of lore is probably the order of the day. We do see that <laughs> the silver bullets that he you know requests are effective; those yep. do work. Uh, we don't know mm. if regular bullets would have done any different because we don't kind of get that. Nope. Um, yeah, and uh, we we kind of get a little bit of mythology where um, the the small animals, the cats and dogs, um, dislike the wolves whether they're in you know werewolf form or human form they can they can mm-hmm. sense that somehow um so mm-hmm. we do have this couple of things and then we of course remarked upon the um the fact that these these do specifically change only on the full moon and yep. rapidly uh there's yes. no downtime between uh james biting uh his his new pack and then the, it's like the same day or the night before so yeah there's yeah, no like right. wait period where you have to like gestate or something or you know transform you're oh you're kind of screwed you're just going to become a <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah so i don't think they have yeah, any human so, consciousness no, you know i don't think you know there's some sort of collective they're doing a thing that they're supposed to do but there was no like agreement between the human uh mm. consciousness like when they're people they don't know he doesn't go tell them hey you're in my pack now it's more just yeah. like he is betting on their animal instincts to yeah. follow him so yeah, there's a couple pieces mm-hmm. where they may have dropped the ball as far as uh, plot consistency and and, and yeah. informing that upon the you know, the viewer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I, I mean, I, I think that they they obviously had certain nods to werewolf lore, but I think I do think that was the point of it. Really, was it? I think they they just did enough to make it effectively a werewolf film, but mm-hmm. like I said, a f- focus on things such as the, you know, about Ambrose's story effectively. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, he, he like I said, he's now going to, the film now sort of effectively finishes out where he, he, he takes, he takes that down James Griffin as the sort of the last werewolf. Um, mm. It's quite brutally with his, you know, ironically, ironically blinds him. Um, and then he uh, kills him with a, with a tombstone. It fall, you know, falls on top of him. And, uh, and then you you know you see the bodies where they've you know where they've sort of back, you know starting to turn back into their human forms and um, I I didn't realise this initially but that that well I didn't spot it initially that obviously Rambrose had um, basically overdosed on medication pre-fight hadn't he before you know before this last fight I think so he didn't turn into a werewolf effectively his son then finds him dead you know in a in a in a chair um you know puts his uh, eyelids down and that, you know, in essence wraps up the film. Um, so, you know, for, overall, did you guys enjoy the film? Do you think it was, you know, a good werewolf movie? Dave, do you want to start? 
uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed the whole film except for the silly werewolf face. Um, (laughs) And yeah, yeah, the, the fact that the movie is like a, a metaphor for accepting death. I mean, you get that, that month of time, uh, that he's preparing is that it's really the werewolf is the specter of death. And he's just has that month of Mm. time to reconcile himself with his impending death. He doesn't intend, I don't think to escape this alive. As you point out, he has that, you know, that overdose, the the pills, which I, I did miss. Um, I just thought, Oh, he just died from a wound. I I don't know. I thought I read it afterwards. Yeah. It's not obvious. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean the the director is subtle uh, with the other the other motifs and then kind of putting in little puzzle pieces. He wants you to watch this film maybe more than once, um, mm. I think, which is good. I mean, you always want you want to make your movies you know a, a repeated experience and something that you would maybe recommend to a friend. Hey, watch this movie as you know we did. We <laughs> we all watched it you know kind of uh, off the cuff and um, uh, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, there's things I maybe thought could have been better, but overall, um, I've seen this movie a few times, and uh, I'll probably, you know, watch it again in the future. Good. How about you, Cameron? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, my opinion on werewolf movies comes with a small disclaimer, which is <laughs> I adore pretty much every werewolf movie I watch, nice, regardless of quality. Um, but I, I can say this freely: I really do like. Uh, late phases um like not just as a well film like i think it's quite a good film overall uh mm-hmm. like you guys have said like some of the wealth design and some of the motions right at the end sort of let it down a little and i feel it's a bit rushed overall like it's 95 minutes i think and yeah, that's yeah. actually a very short film these days um i feel it could done with you know just an extra 10 15 minutes to kind of pace itself out a little make a few things make more sense, put a little more law, as Dave said, into it. But overall, I really, really liked it just as sort of, um, sort of a, it's a well film with a bit more depth than some of the traditional ones. Like, uh, again, Dave was discussing that sort of metaphor of the well being accepting your oncoming death. Um, it's set in a retirement village. You're in the late phases of your life, sort of getting through all that. Uh, I think it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that after I'd seen it, my, I was, I was negative about it first. You know, finished the film, and I was thinking, mm. oh. And <laughs> I remember because my wife watched it with me as well, and she was like, "Thank." Her words were, "Thank God, that's over." Um, but <laughs> yeah, but she's not into those sort of movies anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but um, I, I, yeah, initially I was negative, but I think in hindsight it wasn't as bad as I initially thought. I think mm. if I look at it more from the non werewolf side of things, I about Ambrose and that, and the things we've discussed, I think mm. that makes it more of a positive film for me. I think that because the werewolf side, like the, like the, the design that I covered, you know, we covered earlier, I think that was a bit of a letdown for me, which like I said, for these sort of films is the, the selling point. So, you know, I, that sort of, like I said earlier, knocked a few points off for me, but mm. I don't regret watching it, you know, and I said it was a, you know, relatively short film and it, you know, had a good message with it. So I think it's, 
definitely tried to be different to a lot of the other films. So I'll, I'll give it that. I think on, you know, if you read the story on, you know, the premise behind it on paper, it, it is a very, you know, it's the, a good twist on a, yeah. on a, on a werewolf theme. So no, I, you know, I'll, I'll definitely give it kudos for that. Yeah. Um, right. I will say one final thing, having a mm-hmm. blind protagonist adds so much sort of tension and depth to the film. Absolutely. To, if it's just an if it's just an old vet who could see, you know, relatively okay, maybe walk glasses, you'd lose so much tension in especially those early sort of scenes in that sort of first half of the movie where he's, you know, listening in and he's picking up on scent and that first werewolf scene where you never see the creature directly. So that that was the best touch, I think, overall of the film. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think it, it creates it to be quite ba- it's sort of a balance in a way because obviously you you see him as you know an, an older gentleman plus he's you know being he's blind as well which is to mm. disadvantage you know disadvantage but he's a veteran which is you know he's obviously got a lot of skill from that so it sort of you know puts it back back mm. in his favor a bit more as well so yeah, yeah. it's um do you have any final thoughts dave uh, yeah, I did just kind of want to talk about uh, just briefly um, a few of the movies that some of the cast has been in. So our mm. uh, father, Roger Smith, that's Tom Noonan. He was in the, mm. the stellar um, House of the Devil. Uh, that was <laughs> maybe like five years ago. And, oh, no, it was yeah. before the 2010, I believe. Um, but uh, even more, um, I think, in, in line with what uh, we'd like to discuss here, he was in Monster Squad. Uh, he played Frankenstein. And uh, I, I, that was a, a favorite of mine growing up. Yeah. And then our uh, our headstone seller, which we kind of glossed over, um, that's Larry Fessenden. He was in Session 9, uh, which uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that's what inspired um, Silent Hill to, uh, 2. Yes. Oh, oh really? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Um, I should watch that then. Jeez. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We may, maybe we'll cover that one. That one's another yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. That has the con- I mean, the idea of not specifically monsters, but it's dealing with something other than um, what you know, yeah. is directly, you know, implied in the film. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Larry's also in Stakeland one and two with uh, <laughs> Mr. Dimitri. Uh, yeah. He's in Hellbenders, which is a sort of a fun little um, detectives dealing with demons uh, film. And okay. then he's in the TV show, the strain. So he's in a couple, a uh, couple more recent um, vampire um, films and so maybe we'll take a look at those mm. uh, in the future that we have uh, officer bennett which we kind of skipped out on he's he doesn't play a major role in the film in the um late phases he's part mm. of the um community like security guards that kind of just check out uh yeah to make sure all the old old folks are doing okay but um that's yeah. al sapienza and he's in the most recent um godzilla film and then he's in mm. the Less popular um, Godzilla 1998 <laughs> with uh, Mrs. Uh, Matthew Broderick. And, it, it wasn't uh, the end of the world, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and our uh, our gunsmith, um, this is uh, Dana Ashbrook. Um, he's in Waxwork, which was an, an, another excellent um, horror film, which also has a werewolf in it. And then he's in Return oh. of the Living Dead Part 2. Good zombie film there. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, there we go. There's uh, late phases. Right, I think we'll uh, move on to our second film, which is An American Werewolf in London. True. Here we go. <laughs> Cameron, do you want to give a bit of background on this? Um, 
Oh, well, a bit of background. So this is directed by John Landis. You know, it's also known for things like Innocent Blood, and it's um from 1981. It's sort of a, a it's a very practical effects driven well film. I mm-hmm. feel like it, they obviously didn't have a lot of CGI back then, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um no, I feel this is really sort of a classic staple in sort of good werewolf films of the last you know few decades. It's but I just rewatched it this weekend. It's still fantastic. Really love this movie. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's definitely got that sort of. Um, it's definitely got that British American sort of vibe to it, isn't it? The sort of between mm. the you know because it's you know as the per the title, it's set in uh, in Britain, and it, for for me, it it. Um, <laughs> it does hit a few uh, a few comic moments throughout the film, but um, but no, I think overall it, it's yeah, it's it's a definitely a staple werewolf film. Um, what about you, Dave? What's your sort of initial thoughts on this film? Um, pretty much the same. I, uh, I, I again, I haven't seen this one in a while. Um, it was nice coming back to it, and um, this uh, well, this movie's as old as I am. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's not. It's not eighteen years old, is it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's 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 uh, yeah, he's he's a, st- a stable film. So yeah, so it's yeah, like I said, it's set in in the in Britain where everyone has stereotypical British accents. Um, <laughs> so basically, it starts with two American backpackers, which is um, David and Jack. Um where they basically start with uh, backpacking um, in Yorkshire um, for for Brits. I don't know where that is. It's up north to a degree, yeah. um, where they they all have a quite amusing accent, I imagine, <laughs> for, for people that are not from there. Um, it's a, it's very stereotypical at this point. Mm. So they they basically get off the back of a of a, uh, a truck with with sheep and they. They basically end up in a uh, a pub called the Slaughtered Lamb, which is a fantastic name for <laughs> for a pub. And and for anyone that again that's ever visited uh, Britain, if you you know we've obviously got a lot of uh, pubs like this, and they do have these sort of names. This isn't you know it's, mm. I know it's obviously for the film, but you, you know if you saw a, a pub with that name, you you wouldn't bat an eyelid over it. <laughs> it's, they they do have funny names like that, and it's a very again very stereotypical british pub um i've been in pubs like this in my in my life and <laughs> you do that you know when you enter and uh, everyone starts looking at you at the same time that does happen i must admit even now you know as a uh, as an adult i do get slightly intimidated going into country pubs that i've never been to because that is the vibe. I'm not saying there's going to be werewolves, but or anything of those of that that nature. But people are very intimidating in these sort of places. Um, so yeah, they've they've all got their um, their stereotypical Yorkshire accent at this point. You know, where, where everyone's like, "Don't go on Tutmores," and and you need a translator at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so they you know they sell. I mean, what did, what did you got? You know, for as non Brits, what did you guys think of? this sort of initial scene in the pub. I guess I'll go. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been in, you know, um, as far as Europe, uh, any pubs I've been into, I was much, well, a lot younger. Um, so I, as a kid, you just don't like, 
I don't know, you don't really have any association with it. Um, as an adult, I've gone across coast-to-coast uh, Americana, and yeah, I, there's plenty of little hole in the wall or, um, you know, anything that's not in, like, a city uh, feels like this. I mean, it's the same. <laughs> you get it there, and it's like, well, this is obviously, like, a local watering hole. You know, you know, you, you'll get that kind of cross-eyed stare, and, you know, as long as you just sit down and keep keep it to yourself, it's usually all good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't ask about the star on the wall, right? <laughs> That's your first mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what, about, um, what about you, yeah. Cameron? <laughs> uh, I mean, I quite like this. I've been to I've been to the UK a couple of times. I'm actually mm-hmm. going again in July. Figures. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been to a couple of pubs like this. Uh, only once old enough to drink. The first time I was like 14 or 15, I think. But um, you know, I mean, it seems pretty accurate. Uh, per to my experience, <laughs> um, <laughs> God, where was it? Is um, yeah, went to you know pubs up in villages around Bath and York and stuff. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems about right. I've never been out to the moor myself, although I might go <laughs> have a look uh, this time round. Although I'll be sure to stick to the road. <laughs> oh yes, stick to road. <laughs> so, so yeah, they. Uh... Yeah, so they they're a very intimidated crowd for uh, for David and Jack, which are, you know, sort of fresh faced American, well, young adults that have uh, yeah. obviously trying to embrace the uh, the British countryside, um, even though they're going to be in for a world of uh, trouble soon. Um, <laughs> they um, they notice that there's like there was a, you said before that there's a five pointed star on the wall, um, which obviously slightly creeps them out understandably and they um you you see if i mean for a lot of people there's a few actors here that are quite quite well known they're obviously a bit younger mm. you, you'll see a young rick male at this point yeah he's obviously famous for you know such things as bottom and blackadder <laughs> uh, and such unfortunately he doesn't have much of a real part in this really no, sort of just, no, just no, a back really a yeah, background a character piece i mean he's just yeah which is a shame yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. I think so. Yeah. 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 It's um. But yeah, he's he's he was you know sort of you could see him in the background there playing chess um and the um also the actor that was uh, playing darts um my name his name uh, disappears now <laughs> but he's uh he's been in quite a few uh, movies over mm-hmm. the years as well he's quite a, um well-known face as well um but uh yeah they 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 basically you know settle down for a drink uh try and settle for a cup of tea which they barely get um and then you hear a a story a typical british pub story which yeah. like i said you need a translator for to understand and then um <laughs> you they uh then that's when at this point, I think it's Jack, isn't it? He, he basically questions about the, uh, the star on the wall, which obviously falls the place to be silent. Uh, and in a matter of words, it's basically, uh, uh, you, you may want to get out now <laughs> moments. Uh, this is where they, uh, sort of tell him to, like I said, to stick to road and, uh, they basically make a swift e- exit, uh, down onto the moors. Um, and then at this point, the uh, it comes back to the pub where they're sort of basically have all the locals there, sort of, especially the the woman barmaid mm. that's um, a bit obviously feels a bit guilty of sending them on their way to the moors, knowing what's out there. And with all the the other locals sort of 
denying any sort of knowledge of it and et cetera. And then this is where uh, Dave and Jack come across the first uh, sort of instance of the, you know, of the werewolf um, where it's basically circling them in the fog. You know, this is, again, this is quite mm. very stereotypical, isn't it? At this point, there's the, like I said, there's the oh. fog, the mist, and it's mm. all, you know, it's all dark at this point and you can hear, you know, the, the roars in the background. Um, you know, I thought, I thought, I thought it was, it, you know, even though it's, it's very traditional, it, it, you know, again, because it's a very traditional werewolf movie, it wasn't out of place. I thought it was, uh, yeah. it was, it had a lot of dramatic effects. You know, do you, do you guys agree with that, Dave? Uh, yeah, Dave. I do. <laughs> um, but I think that since this movie came out when it did, uh, I, it has a hand in, in, in creating these tropes that you say traditional, but I think that this is kind of bringing some of those things into. Um, that tradition mm-hmm. is, I mean, really prior to this, all you're getting is kind of Lon Chaney movies. So, yeah. uh, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we get a string of, um, this, this set off, a, a werewolf movie craze, I guess, I mean, how we've seen mm-hmm. the zombie movies oh. in the last, you know, 15 years or so kind of just become the, the it thing. Um, American werewolf in London set off the spate of howling films, um, silver bullet, mm. uh, just, just a, it, it sort of started a lot of these tropes, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it, the, the scene itself was, you know, very effective. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a pretty good scene. Um, I feel it draws pretty heavily from um Sherlock Holmes, Hound of the Basketballs. You know, yes, out on the definitely. ball, you hear something howling off in the distance. But it does have this one sort of moment. And I'm sure, I'm sure, like in context of you know, it's, it's the early '80s. This is a top tier horror film of the time. But it has this moment where it's like, oh, it's in front of us. Come on, let's let's briskly walk away from the werewolf. <laughs> they sort of just start owl walking away in the opposite direction. <laughs> they didn't know what it was. <laughs> no. Don't they start singing at this point as well? Don't they? They're sort of like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, There's no werewolf. <laughs> well, I mean, great. Uh, both both of these are younger actors, and um, if you look at mm. the filmography, they didn't really have anything before this. This is one of their their kind of major, and um, in the case of Jack, one of his only you know large roles. Mm. Um, they, they, they jokingly, they're like, Oh, they told us to stick to the roads, right? Whoops. We're not on the road. I mean, it's, it's the most like overacted bit. Yeah. I think they get more yeah. comfortable as the movie goes, but this movie is not a, um, for all of the, the gore and some of the, 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 the violence and the themes in this film, it's not a mm. horror film. It's a comedy. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. And that, yeah. and that has to do with, I think, the director. Um, even his, mm. uh, the, the, we mentioned Innocent Blood. It's his take on vampires. Uh, it's a it's a horror comedy. That's what he he does. So um, I think that, that lends to it. But it also um, gives us a little, you know, nice uh, breather uh, every now and then mm. from yeah, uh, yeah. the scenes of the graphic scenes we get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like I said, it's again a bit like going back to uh, late phases it's quite a uh, you know quite a brutal film at times um i mean i remember reading in the sort of trivia that the director when he was re when he was sort of re re-looking at the sort of one of the cuts of the film he was actually horrified how actually <laughs> brutal it was you know at the time um but yeah you you know basically this scene now entails where david and jack get attacked by the werewolf um which kills jack um which there's this funny bit where David runs away straight away and then sort of runs back, doesn't he? He sort of, mm. he, 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 so, so at this point, Jack is getting mauled by the werewolf on the, on the floor. Yeah. David runs away, 
uh, and then he goes, oh no, no, I'll, I'll turn back. And then he just runs. Then he, mm. and by the time he turns back, Jack is dead. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then and then gets attacked himself. And then the the lo- you see the locals um, that I'm guessing from the pub have uh, turned up and start shooting the werewolf. Um, and then it and then you just see a scene where David sort of falling out of con- you know in out of consciousness and sees the a human body. So this is this sort of interesting bit now. So you've seen the werewolf being shot by presumably regular bullets. They're just using sort of traditional sort of rifle, well, sort of country mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of shotguns. A couple and, of shotguns, yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, presuming it is regular bullets, um, not eye, not silver ones. You mm-hmm. And then you see that within seconds, the, when they, they're dead, they transform back into human form. Um, you know, so Cameron, what was your sort of take on that? Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's interesting because this werewolf is this werewolf in this movie leans heavily on the sort of the curse idea, or at least mm-hmm. the way it's presented. It does. Uh, it's never completely clear if it's just uh, David Lee in the film hallucinating all of it, or if it's legitimately the spirits of the dead haunting him. But um, <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's nice the idea that sort of this this werewolf has been loose in the community for all these years, and just no one's. They, they know they can probably kill it, but no one wants to do it. No one wants to be the one to go out on onto the moor on the night of the full moon and try and shoot the werewolf. Yeah. Unless they absolutely have to. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, it makes it stand out a little wherein the, the tension isn't, uh, you know, is the werewolf going to be able to be killed by the end of the film? The tension is what's going to happen and is anyone important going to die by the time this is all sort of sorted out? sort of changes the focus a little from you need this particular thing and you need to do this particular thing to sort of, you know, the tension is more character-based than uh, overall story arc-based. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that, especially the, especially David as the sort of the main character. He, you know, you, mm. you do see a lot into his mindset or uh, shortly with his uh, his, his uh, nightmare sequences, etc. I mean, what do you think about it, Dave? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of that same that same thing. The um, the themes of the movie aren't you know specifically werewolf. It's it's more of that. Mm. Uh, uh, I, I mean, we get a lot of lore uh, where mm. werewolves. The idea of that is uh, um, it's like a psychosis where people yeah. dress up in you know wolf pelts and and, and commit crimes or, or whatever, and all under the um, in, the the impression or that that in their head they're a monster and mm. the movie plays with that i mean i like a lot yeah uh so yeah i i enjoy that aspect of it um it's at the time i think i'm sure that would have been a fresh take um mm. on this idea mm. of the curse and yeah so that we already see that with uh, the pub and have they have their um five-pointed star and they're they're <laughs> dealing with it um in sort of an old world kind of old country way, you know, yeah. like there's a yeah, problem absolutely. that we can't, can't or don't want to physically solve because that's, mm. you know, there is a tight knit community and maybe they, maybe they know who the werewolf is. Maybe they don't, but that's one of their own there. It's an internal problem that outsiders yeah. shouldn't see. And that's why they yeah. kind of shoo away the boys um, from, from yeah. the pub. 
which is actually quite close to how these sort of communities can be like putting you know even in in non-werewolf life it is it is that sort of mentality you know very close communities you look after each other but only yourself and you know there's sort of contained secrets and such like so no it definitely plays up to it but it actually fits quite nicely with the werewolf theme as well so no i think they did that was a good choice of uh, uh for that um so yeah so with it moving on at this point basically david wakes up in london um, which is obviously where yeah. <laughs> most of the film is going to take place. Uh, he wakes up three weeks later, not sure what's ha- happened. He didn't, you know, and comes around. Um, this is where you meet two quite prominent characters. You meet um, the uh, the nurse, which is uh, Nurse Alex Price, which is played by Jenny Agata, um, quite a famous actress, actually, or she has mm-hmm. in, in later life. She's been quite a few things. Um, this is obviously a, her in her, her younger days, because I think she's now in her would be in her 60s now um mm. and you've got uh dr hirsch as the um sort of the main doctor looking after david now um they they're quite interesting characters these two i must admit mm. um with um the doctor he he's sort of half what well, he seems to come across as half doctor and half detective doesn't he? At some point throughout this film, he sort of ends up where rather than just being a doctor, he ends up and just treating the patient. He ends up trying to research what's happening. <laughs> you know, the, the sort of the, uh, the claims that David is uh, is making throughout this is is quite amusing, actually. Where he, you know, because obviously you think, how much time has this doctor got on his hands that he can sort <laughs> of you know, he can spend all this time, you know, looking into uh, what the uh, what the police should be looking into because you know you meet. The, the police at this point who the main sort of inspector doesn't really um you know believe anything that uh david is saying because obviously david's saying that that jack got attacked by a you know a, a creature a, you know potentially a you know a large dog or sort of wolf at this point and they're saying that no it was escaped lunatic or either you know the the human body that was uh that uh, got it retransformed back into um and uh and like i said you you can see at this point that even though she doesn't do that much alex price the nurse is going to be quite a prominent character at this point um you can see that well i knew instantly that there's going to be some sort of love interest here it just it just gave that vibe away away straight away you know in the way she uh seemed to care for him etc um and at this point um we start seeing jack or the the re- reanimation of jack that um as a as a as a corpse who um especially starts and this is where it gets into like we said earlier this is where the the sort of comedy aspect comes across doesn't it really at this point where um you know he, he's he's, talk, he's talking to to david quite casually um obviously david thinks he's you know going mad at this point and um it's sort of one of those sort of scenes where you're not really sure is this is he is he mad or is he, is this actually uh, <laughs> the spirit of uh, jack coming back uh, what do you think about it cameron uh yeah no this is sort of i think this is sort of the more interesting part of the film is you mm-hmm. look back and you think was he just crazy that whole time or is this actually a part of how this werewolf works? Cause uh, you know, Jack's message is, Hey, so I was killed by the werewolf and until the wolf's bloodline is put to rest, I am a living sort of spectral corpse and I'm stuck here in limbo and it sucks. Have you ever talked <laughs> to dead people? They are 
boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and no, it's, it's interesting to sort of think uh, whether this is David losing his mind as he initially thinks, or if it's part and parcel of the sort of more cursy kind of werewolf that we're getting here. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about you, Dave? Yeah, it's um, it, it's ambiguous as far as you know whether whether David is seeing these revenants, um, or if it's just like an aspect of the curse, and that's kind of you know it's it's pushing these feelings of guilt um, that he might have had from literally leaving his friend to die. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that's a that's a big uh, com- or component of this. Um, uh, what what is at least clear is yes, he is literally a werewolf that part's not i think up for debate uh, mm. <laughs> but um his, no. his mental state um is and i uh in contrast to late phases you know with that immediate turnaround from from being bitten i mean we do get this really interesting he's in a coma for three weeks that's not a yep. short amount of time and, <laughs> no that is so not. Ha- there has to have been you know brain damage from just being out that long yeah mm. So I, I think that that's really interesting. They they chose that amount of time, and then this um, this method, I think, to uh, to, sh- to showcase these um, the impact that the wolf's acts um, have on like the human psyche. Because like, again, the the man part of him and the beast part of him are not they're connected, but they're not aware of each other. Mm. Or you know, one at least doesn't bleed over to the other. What he does as a wolf does not come through. You know, there's no memory mm. of that as a man. No. Yeah, you know, we'll, yeah. We'll find. Um, so I think that that angle, um, that you get that personal guilt, but then you also get that kind of idea of um, maybe that, that plea of insanity, you know, where the, your actions mm. while done um, under this curse, you, you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't be held accountable for them because they're not under your control. And maybe that's an aspect of why that village... Um, kind of let things go on as long as they did because maybe the only damage they're seeing is they're losing some sheep. Maybe there's yeah, not really yeah, people yeah. being, you know, killed. <laughs> yeah, again, it's, it's done, it's yeah. On our part. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's done quite casually. It's, it's, it's odd because it's quite conflicted because obviously Jack comes across because he's, you know, he's literally gored from, uh, from, these attacks or he's you know he's literally skin is hanging off etc so it's quite dramatic but he comes across as very casual doesn't he as, as he's saying it almost jokey <laughs> as he's saying it's quite a quite a you know conflicting scene actually where he's you know saying to david that you, you know what you need to do you just need to kill yourself just do me a favor kill yourself and then i won't be the spirit anymore and it, you don't really sort of it doesn't really get explained why the curse is you know you, obviously you understand it's a curse and you know david now is a werewolf even though he doesn't believe it etc but you don't sort of really know the background on the curse it doesn't really go into too much detail but that's at this point of you know why it's just it's more like a well this is just the way it is <laughs> jack is the way it, you know he's having to be like this and and that's what you're gonna have to do david and you know and have to do it before the next uh you know the full moon etc so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's quite a funny scene, but it's a very, you know, very prominent and very important scene uh, for what's uh, you know going to happen. And obviously, you know, he doesn't believe Jack uh, at this point. Um, and so the the next sort of part of the film is you see the the relationship between David um, and uh, the nurse Alex sort of coming, uh, you know, coming on stronger at this point, which 
I found quite bizarre. I must admit, I must, I must admit this, the, the whole nurse thing with David, not, not because of them <laughs> eventually getting together. I just f- felt that there was no sort of real connection between the two of them. Like mm. she was, she was being very, very stereotypically British <laughs> at some at times throughout this. And I, I saw there's that, the, the Brit in me was, <laughs> was sort of cringing at times where, um, you know, she was sort of, there's this one bit where the, you know you see all these nightmare sequences which which were quite actually before I go on actually some of the nightmare sequences were quite mm. horrific actually weren't they uh, you know from a from a visual point of view especially the um the one where he's having a meal with his family isn't he and it gets attacked he opens a door and I, what what were they actually supposed to be? <laughs> they, I think sort of, Nazis. Nazi, they were, they Nazi were supposed werewolves. to be Nazis, weren't they? Yeah, Nazi werewolves. Yeah, Nazi zombies, weren't they? Effectively, they're sort of Nazi were, werewolf zombies. Yeah, they're sort of a, a sort of a yeah. mix of things. Mm-hmm. Very, it, you could, it's odd that even though they're, it's, I think it's quite ironic that the it was a nightmare sequence. Yet you can imagine the person that thought of this scene probably thought of it in a nightmare. They probably had this nightmare and thought, hmm, where can I slip this into a film? <laughs> well, I want to do Nazi yeah. werewolf zombies. <laughs> and, this, and, you know, they're slitting throats, they're burning the place down. It was mm. quite a horrific scene. So, um, which has a lot of visual impact, actually, on, you know, get it throughout this part of the film. And, um, again, then is sort of contrasted to the calm that he has with, with the nurse um Mm. you know effectively he gets discharged and ends up um staying with her as you do which i thought was (laughs) i didn't realize that's part of the uh the national health service over here that nurses do that but you know they they, it you know fits into this film and you know she effectively you know uh, gives him a place to stay um Mm. then there's this weird scene where um, he, he obviously realizes there's, um, there's only one bed for them to to share, and and she sort of says that I, I don't usually do this sort of thing. I've had seven lovers, four of them were not one night stands, and I'm thinking, why are you telling him this? <laughs> it's really <laughs> this odd. odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, and then you know you see the the love scenes, etc. Um, and and at this point, you you can see he's got this connection with her and. Obviously, he you know he still thinks he's going mad at this point because he's now you know Jack is still starting to appear in a very worse um, corpse state. He's he's you know yeah. decaying even more, which is quite horrific. <laughs> um, you know, again, you know, for the t- I think for the time it was quite good effects, really, because obviously mm. it was it would have oh, been purely makeup. Yeah. I think it was uh, it was really good, and um, it's yeah, it's quite quite an odd sort of scene at this point, and um, they. Uh, you know, he, he, like I said, you can see his sort of mind deteriorating, and it's almost where you can see almost like the wolf is taking over or starting to take over. Obviously, you don't see anything this time, but you can see, it, you know, in, you as the viewer going, "Is he actually going mad, or you know, is is Jack lying, or is he is he actually going to turn to a werewolf?" Um, I mean, what do you think of this one, Dave? This sort of section, that um, that bit, yeah, I. I I do like it, and I really like the the fact that they had the corpse like degrading um, uh, Jack. Mm. It's um, it brings I think a sense of urgency because you're wondering like, well, if he looks like this, what's going to happen? <laughs> it seems to be a signal, you know. It's it's yeah. it's, it's a signifier of something. We don't know what. Yeah. you know, at this point in the film, 
Um, and uh, oh, uh, to, to to briefly speak to um, the earlier nightmare that he had with the um, the Nazi zombie werewolves, uh, <laughs> um, you know, without directly you know consulting our uh, our IMDb <laughs> database, um, <laughs> I want to say that this is probably like an homage to um, the spate of Nazi zombie films that came out in the seventies. Um, right. Yeah. There's, probably, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of them, uh, at least three offhand that I could think of um, that were prominent mm. and did, did really well, um, uh, you know, as cult classics, I guess. And that's probably where that came from. That or they decided to pick, you know, what's scary at this point? You know, the Cold War is still going on, so Nazis are scary, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's, just, it's still in the cultural uh, you know, mindset. Mm. But, yeah. yeah, the whole the whole thing with, with the nurse you got to remember that he has, she's been tending to him for like, it's not a day or two though. Over it looks like it's, it's been three yeah. weeks. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. It's still abrupt. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Again, I, yeah, I didn't really see any kind of specific chemistry that I thought they had together. Mm-hmm. And then the way he's acting, he does a really good job of, I think his character's maybe 19 or 20 years old. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. a younger, yeah. much younger man. So um, there is that naivety that he, does you know he portrays that well and so i didn't really have any issue as far as him not really getting what she was doing like as Mm. far as bringing him home uh he was just kind of like clueless like uh oh wait this is great i guess this is cool (laughs) (laughs) sure why not (laughs) when in london yeah (laughs) so that part was Uh, the, the motivations for it you know yeah Maybe a little bit questionable, yeah. but um, mm. I think the scene, like it's it's well portrayed, at least. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay. it, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's fair enough. It's, yeah. It, like I said, I, don't, I I just I think it was her behaviour that I found a bit odd. You know, but like I said, it it it, it goes nicely within. Like I said, he. Let's be honest, his character was not going to say no to that situation either, yeah. was he? So. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> um, so yeah, this is where sort of the next bit is where things started get, you know, start going even more downhill. Where you know, let's point Jack is sort of said to him, "You're going to be a werewolf tomorrow," and again he's still sort of palming this off at this point. Um, mm. And then that's where he uh, he gets locked out of the flat, doesn't he? So Alex has gone to <laughs> yeah. work, and he uh, he gets locked out, and he has this uh, scene where he <laughs> he finds a way of getting back in, and you've got the uh, the dog barking at him. You got the, the cat, cat hissing at him, you know. Mm. So again, similar to you know other films and like late phases where the animals can sense it in him. Um, and then he has this this little comedy, you know, scene where he's there trying to like, oh, do I have a lie down or shall I go to get <laughs> something to eat? Oh, I'm not hungry. And you know, it's just all this little montage of him just being restless in general. And then that's when you know when as the the full moon turns up he uh he starts stripping off his clothes um, he gets very hot <laughs> and uh starts transforming into werewolf i thought this was very good actually the the transformation again considering mm. this is 1981 it was done very well um and again contrasting my opinions on late phases the his form as a werewolf in this one I felt was much better. I think I was much more comfortable, you know, as, uh, you know, as a werewolf um, it, it sort of looked to him and how he transformed, et cetera. I thought this was done, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, done nicer, basically. Um, you know, what do you think of this one, Cameron? Do you think it was better done? Um, 
oh, this is um, like Late Phase's transformation was nice, but mm-hmm. this is like, like I said at the start, this is a classic film, and this is an amazing, um, an amazingly well done transformation sequence, especially again for like the nineteen eighties. Um, but yeah, no, I, I literally just watched all the behind the scene behind the scenes stuff on that, and it took them a week. A full week, every day was a 16-hour day of shooting and makeup to uh, get this two-and-a-half-minute scene together. Wow. It was a lot of work. Uh, they developed new kinds of rubber. They made pneumatic rams using syringes to, like, stretch out the rubber hands and feet and make them look like they were growing. Um, they actually started at the end where he was completely covered in hair and did that shot and then trimmed it down a bit and did the middle shot and then trimmed it down to the early shot. <laughs> so they sort of filmed it in reverse order as well. Uh, stuff like, you know, they had him in a hole in the set for when he's lying on his back thrashing around. It's actually just his head and arms sticking out with a rubber body and like puppeteers manipulating the legs and chest. Uh, it's got some really intense work into it. And the end result is a really good, pure practical effects sort of uh, shot that I just adore. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I mean, I really don't have anything to add um, to this particular scene. It's it's the standard uh, 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 werewolf transformation scene to beat or to uh, yeah. try to, like, I don't know. It, it, it's that plateau where if you can get to this level, you made it. You know, everyone's yeah. trying to, to, to mimic this. This is what we see in any future. Um, the werewolf transmits is the the amount of like the the, the sort of um, the pain involved. I mean, this is like a mm. complete like restructuring of one's body. Uh, yeah, bones yeah. Just breaking and reforming, and um, doesn't look pleasant. <laughs> it looks like it's not. Like, <laughs> and um, it comes across like perfectly and. Because it's practical effects, this looks just as horrific watching it now, mm. you know, 36 yeah. years later, um, as it did when I, you know, saw it mm. uh, as, a, as a younger guy. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a great scene. It's iconic. And it's probably the best scene in the movie. Um, the, yeah, you know, we, 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 we get the werewolf a little bit later on uh, in, a, in a few like long shots and some close-ups and a few times when it's like, yeah. I believe it's an animatronic or a puppet. Um, yeah. Those, yeah. you know, yeah, don't go pausing and zooming in on that. It doesn't look great. Um, yeah. They, they, yeah. they're okay. For a reason. But yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> the werewolf, uh, I want to say reminds me of um, the wolf in never ending story. Like it's, it's a big, yeah. Yeah. yeah, nature yeah. beast. It's not a mm. you know a, a wafer thin like long armed thing that we see in um, a, few, a few other films. It's uh, mm. it's intimidating. It's like yeah, it was a bear or something. It's some you know yeah. physically yeah. this would kill you. You what are you not gonna you're not gonna try to fight it with your bare hands or a shovel. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, and I really like that design as well. It's like this big sort of mid chest height when it's on all fours i i'd say sort of big squat very barrelly shape with just almost tusk-like teeth as well and yeah it's the final transformation is a really good design yeah especially i think the eyes as well the eyes are very intense as well on it it's sort of very mm. yeah very striking and like i said it's sort of it's very it's almost well to me it comes across a bit gorilla like as well he's he's quite torso heavy he's got you know the legs aren't 
you know aren't as big as well but you know the shoulders and the and the uh the back etc are quite quite large and such like but no i think i think the the design on it is fantastic i think this is this is i feel this is a much more comfortable werewolf for me if that's such a <laughs> sentence to be able to say <laughs> on the on the comfortability scale for werewolves this is this is definitely up there <laughs> and um so yeah so so yeah at this point david goes on a uh, killing spree kills six people in the mm. this is really good london underground scene where he's chasing uh, yeah. a um uh well effectively a you know an office worker that's obviously finished yeah. his day and he's chasing him basically saying if whatever you're doing i don't find it funny and he's there just <laughs> and, he, and then he uh runs away and and obviously gets caught he you know kills a couple as well and he uh and three homeless uh gentlemen as well which you can again they made the point you could see i think it was tower bridge in the background or one of the mm. london bridges anyway just to just to reaffirm it you're definitely in london um as well as the <laughs> underground as well make it quite iconic um so and then uh, after he's done uh, this night of uh rage he wakes up with the wolves in the uh in london zoo which, <laughs> which i thought was quite quite a novel little uh, aspect to do and and you know obviously when he wakes up he's he's uh, uh doesn't know, understand how he got there he's petrified the fact he's surrounded by wolves when they're and they they treat him as one of their own because obviously even though he's in human form they can obviously sense he's a he's a <laughs> he, yeah 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 exactly yeah the, the dominant one <laughs> of them all um and then he uh he there's a sort of comedy moment where he's sort of saying, you know, nice wolf and you know, backing away from them. And then he, he uh, scarpers out of the roof, which is how he got there in the first place. Yeah. And then you've got this little funny scene where obviously you've got naked David trying to work his way back to uh, the flat that he's staying at, where he, um, he ends up nicking some balloons off a, off a school <laughs> child, which I think is yeah. one of the funniest bits in it. I mean, it's, 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 it's creepy in one sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, the kid is so deadpan about it. Is oh, I think it's, 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 it? he, it's like he, you know, he's like, why would you give me two pounds if you're a thief? Yeah, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. grabs the balloons, runs off, goes to his mother, mommy. The naked man just took my balloons yeah, and ran yeah. off. Yeah, my I lost I lost my balloons to a naked young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fact like. like... <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant so yeah so he, and then he he steals uh well, a like fur a woman, jacket yeah, yeah. It's a, like a woman's fur jacket and uh <laughs> sneaks back in uh he sneaks in like he, he it's funny when he gets back into flight it's like he's had a he's had a walk of shame after a night out and he's just uh just <laughs> snuck back in like oh yeah hello i'll just come back i don't know what i did last night crazy night don't know what happened <laughs> and um you know and obviously alex is uh, sort of been, <laughs> been worried about him at this point, but uh, again, that's where the the comedy element uh, creeps into this one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he, you know, obviously, once he starts hearing about the killings, he he starts putting two and two together, realizing that he's uh, he's the cause for this. And at that point, he, there's this funny moment where he, I think it's a, I think it's at um, Trafalgar Square. He, he runs yeah. at the policeman and <laughs> starts trying to get arrested and uh, starts swearing and he, like he's got Tourette's, just throwing, you know, trying to deliberately get himself uh, arrested. So you know, mm. cause obviously he knows he's a he's a danger to the public and. Um, I think that uh, policeman had a lot of tolerance for him. I mean, to be fair, oh, yeah. I think if that was the, in this day and age, he would have easily been arrested for what he was doing. Um, 
and even asking the public should he be arrested which i thought was quite funny <laughs> um and uh and then like i said now we're getting to the the sort of latter part of the uh the film um where he, he you know he tries to he tries to kill himself and he sees jack and now mm. what now what, right okay now we're coming to the sort of the scene with jack in a um an adult cinema. Now, mm, <laughs> this, yeah. this was an odd choice. What, what's your take on this one, Dave? Um, yeah, I don't know why they, <laughs> they set this in in the the, uh, the adult theater. There, um, it. Uh, I was watching this by myself, and I was still vaguely uncomfortable. I'm like, what? Why is this is going <laughs> wait? Like, why is it focusing on the screen? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind an adult film as much as the next guy, but. Th- this felt like it was overlong uh, <laughs> focusing on that, and I didn't feel that it like added anything to the film. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> yeah, the yeah. director was trying for, and I, I mean, I guess on this part, I would like to hear some commentary from the director, like why he did. <laughs> um, but it, it's effective in that we get the um, other victims. Uh, we find that that yeah. curse yeah. doesn't um, rely solely on Jack; it's anyone that he's killed. Um, returns mm. as like a revenant to like try to guilt you into killing yourself. Yeah. So yeah. that aspect of it is like really cool. As, yeah. You know, not killing yourself, but uh, the idea no. that that's how this werewolf curse operates. Um, and I wonder mm. if it was that sa- it was the same way for anyone preceding him. Like, is it that way for every single werewolf or whoever has this curse? Uh, is 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 interesting because if you think about it, if he just wounds one other person, um, mm. do they? Is it like a line? Like, do you just get haunted by everyone that's ever been killed by this particular wolf while it's active? Mm. We, we can't tell because they killed the, the previous wolf. Yeah, so we don't see right. his victims. But uh, that would be that would be um, something cool if they like elaborated on that and you know something else. Mm. Uh, I, now I do. I guess have to go back and watch the crappy uh, American Wolf in Paris to see if they still deal with that because I don't remember. <laughs> mm, no I, I don't remember either yeah 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 no i think i know why they set this in an adult cinema and it is purely for the visual gag of when he begins transforming in the back row of the adult cinema <laughs> <laughs> yeah starts, you know starts moaning and sort of putting his head head back and grips the front of the seat very intensely <laughs> and you know the orderly comes by and just looks at him is like you know th- i think that's what it was i think that's for that gag you, like you said it's a comedy horror more than a yeah. pure horror movie <laughs> um and overall the scene with the you know the seven uh revenants is actually pretty funny i feel because you know it, it's a very serious topic it's like oh you should kill yourself how are you going to do it it's like yeah. you know you should jump off Drain a bridge yourself. <laughs> hang yourself and jack's like no no that could hurt though we don't want we i don't want you to have you know, experience pain, David. <laughs> yeah. I'm your friend. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, it, was, it, it was it was funny actually getting the different contrast between the victims because you had the one that was killed in the underground was quite annoyed when like, look what you've done to me, you've turned me into a revenant, and then they got the the, the young couple. That this is you know this is this is Dave and Doris. <laughs> Hi there. Like, this is, this is, this is, <laughs> really and cheesy. Three grumpy homeless men. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's good though. So yeah, so he um. And actually, from what I've read as well, they actually that porn film though in the background is actually 
fa- well, it is fake as well. It was they actually filmed mm. it specifically for this part of the film as well. It's not yeah. like they, cut, they you know cut footage in from elsewhere. It is actually uh, you know filmed deliberately for this film as well. So yeah. just a little fact okay. there. Well, it had they um, had that tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. Uh, sensibility. Yeah. I guess the the, the yeah. porn film that they were screening itself was humorous. You know? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, like, yeah. There, there is that. Yeah, um, yeah. The second guy watching. Like, I movie. told you about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So after he transforms, he goes on yet another killing spree. At this point, yeah, um, another killing they, spree. Yep, yeah, he. Um, he uh, gets. Uh, I think he, doesn't he kill the in, the inspector at this point? I think he he, he sort of bites the, the head off. Yeah, it, off, he, off him. Yeah. Quite a few people. Yeah, because mm. he because at this point he's the, the, obviously the police get called and he's uh, they're trying to keep him you know contained within the um, within the cinema and there's this it's based around a Piccadilly Circus and mm. it's this there's this f- absolutely fantastic scene with the guy well i thought it was anyway with the cars mm. crashing and people yeah. getting it's so so well done it's it's so comedic the way you know you've got cars crashing into cars and those cars are then smashed into people that get run over and then they oh it was it's just he's just causing pure chaos mm. um and then obviously at this point the the doctor and and uh nurse alex have realized that there's a commotion you know because word spreads like that i don't know how it's not, you know, pre pre-internet <laughs> days but <laughs> word spreads there's a commotion in particular piccadilly circus and so they they rush um towards uh you know piccadilly circus and find that um you know david's basically cornered in you know by the um is it, it is the police at this point there's no soldiers i think yeah. it's just police at this point. no it's just the police, yeah, yeah. So they 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 corner him down a back alley, um, and you know she's basically convincing him to you know to relax, like you know, like, you know, basically I love you moment and and such, you know, and um, and then out of nowhere the police just shoot him um, again based on what we said earlier, but the, the earlier werewolf were presuming it's normal bullets because. I don't imagine they would have had silver bullets <laughs> for this sort of scene, <laughs> just in you know in their armament. But um, and basically, she you know goes to her knees and starts crying. Now, what I can get over at this point is how I don't know if it's the same for the the copies that you guys would have seen, but this film mm-hmm. just ends. Uh, was that the same for you yeah. two? Did it just end yeah. when she was just crying, and that was it. Just see his dead body. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think just roll. Yeah, I could, yeah, I I was like, oh, the, uh, is that it? <laughs> it just it just abruptly ends. There was no, you know, because usually with most other films, you would see, uh, you know, mourning him, or you know, or mm. at least her and the doctor having a a chat about you know what what came of things. It just it just literally just ends. That is it. You just see the credits, you know, and you see he, again he's transformed um, back into his human, you know, body with uh, with bullet wounds um, and. That's an American werewolf in London. So, um, Dave, what do you think of it overall? Um, I mean, revisiting this uh, again, you know, this, this many, almost nearly 40 years later, um, I I didn't find anything that didn't hold up. Uh, the movie itself was slower paced than I recalled. And there's a lot of filler, I think, in the, in the, the mid section mm. of the movie that could have been maybe trimmed. It could have maybe lost about 10 minutes. Just yeah. kind of parts where it drags yeah. a little bit. Um, it's, it's ultimate. I mean, this is a character study, and it's 
again, it's it's about werewolves, but it's not. Um, I think that's why it ends the way it does. It's it's an abrupt hmm. ending because a man's young life was cut short. You know, due to yeah, okay. ridiculous circumstances. Hmm. That last scene, he, uh, David, the werewolf, he lunges at her hmm. or he's about to when, when she's talking to yeah. him. You see him, there's a moment of like, you think maybe he's just going to like calm down or just sit or whatever. But no, he snarls and he's about to, you know, kill her um, when the when the police mm. fire. Um, the thing I think that was <laughs> they they do a long shot of the alleyway um, right after the, he gets hit initially, and she's yeah. standing in the. There's no way that any of those police would have shot him. He's yeah, that's too far away. <laughs> yeah, he's in the back no. of the alley, and she's in yeah. the way like directly. Um, the, the, and they yeah. they they, they like the several shot times <laughs> with like some crazy sniper aim, and they're just you don't know they're just you know looking down like iron sights. There's not like I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't satisfied yeah. with that. I wish they hadn't shown that shot. Yeah, if they had just shown yeah. the other side. It looked like they could have been done, but once they looked down the alley from the police perspective, um, it was they they shouldn't have been able to hit him. But yeah, I mean that aside, uh, I was I was I was I was happy with the movie. Um, the practical effects, excellent, you know, still, still top notch. And, um, the acting for, uh, for what it was worth was, was pretty solid. I'm, I'm completely glad that they made this, you know, as much comedy as they did, uh, simply just for the fact that it was, there's a lot of violence and death in this and they needed that levity. I mean, just, just that last scene with him rampaging, uh, he really directly only kills like what? eight people maybe like total yeah a lot of that yeah, is lateral yeah. damage and in, in like fallout from people scrambling or you know the, the cars crashing and it killed mm. i think a lot of people it was probably like 20 oh yeah didn't oh like yeah <laughs> i mean this was this was brutal and i didn't recall that at all i remember the ending but i don't remember leading up to it i just haven't seen it in a while so this caught me completely like by surprise i um i i liked what they did with it and I like that that chaos, and you can just imagine that this huge thing being loose in a city would have would have done something like that. I mean, it gives you that, um, I guess, uh, that sort of Whitechapel, like Jack the Ripper, um, feel where it, it a ter- something terrorizes a community, but they compress that feeling into like one small space and time. And, yeah, uh, I thought it was yeah. very effective. Yeah, excellent. Okay, and um, Cameron, do you have any sort of final thoughts on that? Um, yeah, no, um, I agree with Dave on maybe it could use a little bit of a trim towards the center, but overall, this is such a good, good film. Like I told you, I'm a sucker for werewolf movies, but this is one of the best ones out there. And it's, it's always a joy when I go back to rewatch it. I I watch it like once a year, at least (laughs) I always get it out (laughs) again to have a, to just, you know, watch through again. Um, I'll offer one further criticism, which is the werewolf is incredibly fond of attacking from the right side of the screen. <laughs> like almost every single lunge is just its head coming out, grabbing someone's shoulder, and then they cut to like them on the ground or something. And like mix it up a little, a little maybe. Because <laughs> just like thinking back, it's like, oh, how did they get a shot on her? I'll tell you how they got a shot on her. In between the lunge and him getting shot, they didn't show you. He went five feet to the left to get onto the right side of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a known werewolf fact. We can only tap from the right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's no, I... that's like my one criticism with how sort of the the quick cuts of the werewolf are shot. They're otherwise very good. The practical effects are wonderful, wonderful. 
things and it strikes that nice balance between comedy and horror i feel overall and you know nazi werewolf zombie nightmares <laughs> exactly you can complain yeah. about that yeah exactly yeah exactly. i know I, I i i echo both both you guys thoughts i i think overall it was a really enjoyable film again a little bit too long like you said it could have they could have taken a bit out of it but i think as a piece as a show piece it was really enjoyable both both as a horror film both as a, even a comedy film you know i don't regret seeing it it was i i probably enjoyed it slightly more than than uh late phases um but yeah overall it is a classic and it, it's got its the reputation it deserves you know for for a lot of the right reasons i think that for anyone that's not really seen it or anyone that's not really seen much of werewolf movies i think it's definitely a staple one to see and i think mm. it's one of the first you should see so no i i we we endorse it here on monster dear monster <laughs> i think we can wrap that up now for for this episode i think we've uh we've uh, done well on these two <laughs> uh so um Dave, where can people find you on the on internet, as they say in Yorkshire? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, sentient underscore plus. Um, that's that's pretty much it. Um, and uh, yourself, Cameron? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter as well at night underscore twitten. That's night without the K. Um, yeah, and I love to chat, so swing by. Uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, again, I'm on on Twitter as well at Ninja Badger Seven, the number seven. Um, and if you, you know, anyone wants to give any comment, any feedback for this episode, uh, it's much appreciated. We've got a few comments ready uh, for next the next episode that we do. Like I said, we're going to cover dog soldiers and anything werewolf related and then i said we will go through people's comments but like i said if anyone wants to throw anything in over the next sort of week or so it'll be much appreciated um you know and any feedback in general you know we're still we're still learning we're still still growing still transforming <laughs> so yeah if anyone wants to send in it'd be muchly appreciated um and uh, we'll uh, see you on the next episode of monster dear monster thank you very much <laughs>